a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. And good afternoon. I'm Maria Shaleos, along with Governor Gary Herbert, and thanks for joining us as we head into the busy Memorial Day weekend. Governor, welcome. I understand you have an opening statement for us today. Well, as always, thank you, Maria. It's great to be with you, and thank you for taking time. And for the listeners out there, I hope we can have a productive hour here of discussion. Uh, I do want to just recognize that there's a milestone we just hit today. Mm-hmm. Um, probably nobody other than my wife recognizes that uh, I served as lieutenant governor from January 3rd of 2005 till Jan- August 11th of 2009. Which, if you total those days up, totals up to be 1,681 days. Mm-hmm. Today is the 1,682nd day for Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. Well, so, congratulations. Yeah, to congratulations him. to him. He, he just uh, surpassed me. As you know, I've had two really good uh, Lieutenant Governors, Greg Bell first, and now Spencer uh, Cox is doing great things. I'm not sure that everybody appreciates the role that the Lieutenant Governor plays, it's not easy. It's hard to be kind of the number two guy, uh, and uh, but Spencer's done a wonderful job. He's on about 35 different commissions. Uh, he's out there involved in the, in the community, certainly works very closely with our rural folks and friends out there off the Wasatch Front. As somebody who gave up a very lucrative uh, business position to come and give some public service and doing a great job. We all know Operation Rio Grande. He helped put that together and really took a lead role and uh, the successes we've seen in the Rio Grande area, working with homeless, those who have got mental health issues. He's been the chairman of our Suicide Prevention Task Force to help us uh, get on top of that. Very significant, uh, difficult issue. Uh, and he's just everywhere. So uh, I think he's emblematic, frankly, of good government employees, good public servants who really do do sacrifice, uh, give of time and talent to hopefully contribute back to the community. And and our 22,000 employees, our local government successes, our legislature, my senior staff, my deputy and senior staff members, and my chief of staff, all of those are part of the same team. And it shouldn't be a surprise as you look at the caliber and the people we have there that we are, in fact, excelling as a state. In virtually every measurable way, we're number one or in the top two or three, whether it's economics, whether it's education achievement, whether it's infrastructure, quality of life, efficiency in government. I mean, we are just at the top of the list. And that's a tribute to our good employees and 
congratulations to Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox and to all of our staff and agency heads and and, uh, and the 22,000 employees. And thanks to the people of Utah who put them there. And again, congratulations to Spencer Cox for that, for his, what was the day again? Six one thousand six hundred eighty second day. And he who's just, counting, right? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I was 1681. He's now 1682. And that is terrific. And that is a milestone. Governor, one of the items of concern that's come up um, for Utahns this week has been the inland port. Yes. And community advocates, <clears throat> environmental groups have, have voiced concerns about it, saying, hey, we're worried uh, that this series of railways in the downtown, in Salt Lake City, in North Salt Lake, um, is going to cause a problem with air quality. Give us your perspective on the inland port. Maybe start with what is the importance of this inland port. I'm not sure many people even understand what the concept is. Well, an inland port is just what it sounds like. It's a port that's inland where you have the ability to bring in particularly international goods uh, into the country. And rather than have to go through a port in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Oakland or the East Coast ports, you can actually come inland and save time and save money. So we talk about Utah being the crossroads of the West because we're our geographical location, with an inland port, we became uh, we become a crossroads to the world. So entree to the United States and the Intermountain West uh, really, uh, I think, has great potential economically. It's not only, um, you know, for here for Salt Lake City area or Salt Lake County, but it'll benefit the entire state and really the region that it sits in. So the economic aspect of it is significant, large, maybe one of the largest opportunities we'll have in our lifetime. Uh, I understand the environmental concerns. It doesn't matter what we do economically. Uh, there's always going to be the environmental concern. You could name any company, A, B, C, D, that comes in here and opens up an operation. We have uh, concerns about the environmental impact. Uh, we have concerns about people and the environmental impact. Um, and we have, uh, you know, congestion on our roads and highways. And can we get ahead of that so we don't have as much stalling in traffic and, and pollution of air? Uh, we've done remarkably good things. We've reduced the pollution along the Wasatch Front over the last 10 years about 35%. That's in the face of about 300,000 more people living here. And yet we still have reduction in pollution. So it's not like we don't know about it. It's not like we're not doing something about it. In fact, we are remarkably well. We still have work to do. And so the Inland Port Authority, which will be appointed mostly by local government, by the way, they'll have the majority of the appointments on this Port Authority. Those are issues that they'll have to address when they put in roads and have development and who comes and who doesn't come. What they will do there is going to be in their control. And, and I expect there will be rational, reasonable people that are concerned about making sure that we address the environmental concerns. So. Uh, in some ways, the issue is a red herring. It happens on any issue that we have out there, and certainly a legitimate concern, but we're handling it pretty well as a state, and uh, even with our unique topography, which makes it tougher for us here, uh, we pollute less per capita than other parts of the country, the same metropolitan area population, but they don't have the inversions that we have, so it makes it a little tougher for us. So I'm, I'm grateful for the good work being done. The Inland Port will just continue to be an economic growth expansion opportunity, and we'll need to address all the issues that surround that, including the environmental ones. The other concern that was voiced about the Inland Port was that this is an appointed group, as you mentioned, and so they are not accountable in the same way as an elected person would be accountable to the citizens. Well, there's truth to that, but they're appointed by those who are elected. 
So, uh, again, if you don't like who they're appointing, then uh, take them to task. Again, whether that be Salt Lake City elected officials, Salt Lake County elected officials, West Valley, the governor's office, the legislature, they're appointed by elected officials who are, in fact, held accountable to the to the public. So it may be one step removed, but it's not uh, without accountability. And, uh, again, the opportunity for us to combine uh, the different entities uh, to create this uh, economic opportunity of an inland port is something that really is a partnership. And so this seems to be a good way to do it. Uh, I know there's been some controversy out there. I've asked the mayor of Salt Lake City, Jackie Biskupski, I said, one, do you support an inland port? And she says, yes, I do. Do you support the fact that it needs to be done in a partnership with with the state of Utah? It's, it's of that magnitude. It's, it's so large. And uh, she said she does. So... Uh, those are the two most important questions, and I think, uh, you know, we've tried to work together to get this done, and um, I know we've had negotiations in good faith here on some of the issues that Salt Lake City has brought to my attention uh, since the legislation was passed. Uh, we worked and negotiated in good faith to see if we couldn't resolve these things, uh, at least in behalf of Salt Lake City. To them, as they look at the legislation and the modifications that were being suggested by them, was an improvement for Salt Lake City's position. Doesn't necessarily mean that the legislature agrees with that, but in the spirit of compromise, they were willing to work for those areas. And, and there was four or five of them. I thought we actually had everything put together uh, for the proverbial win-win compromise. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it fell apart. And so now we're stuck with what the law is on the books, and we'll have to go forward. In fact, today I sent out a letter uh, uh, saying to all those entities, appoint your people. We're going to have a meeting in the middle part of June. Uh, we're going to follow the law as it's on the books now and move ahead. We have Al on the line. I'm just noticing that he had some thoughts on that as well. Al, I'm not sure if we've addressed your, your questions or not. Well, uh, can you hear me okay, Yes, Maria? go ahead. Mm-hmm. Al, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay, very good. Glad to hear you, Maria, and good afternoon, Governor. Anyhow, basically, you were touching on the very topic I was wanting to touch on, the inland port, and I'm glad to hear you outline it because you answered quite a few of the questions I had, but you mentioned one pivotal uh, comment that the state of Utah will have to be in partnership with this, and do you have any rough idea of what percentage the partnership of the state of Utah will be, and will it uh, kind of coordinate this in one port, will it coordinate with other hubs, will a hub say be built at Denver and and will there be, you know, dynamics back and forth between the hubs, and how will that affect Utah? Yes, great questions, Al. I, I don't know about other cities, or other states. I think they have one in Kentucky, um, but I think there's probably a limited uh, number of opportunities for states or cities to do this. Uh, you know, uh, uh, having a port where you can bring goods into the country. Uh, you, if you had one in, in Salt Lake City, you probably wouldn't need one in Denver um, or in Idaho Falls or, you know, in Las Vegas. So I think these are kind of regional needs uh, that are being addressed by a, a hub. Again, an advantage that we have is that we're there. We're doing it. And by the way, this is not a new idea. I know it seems like it's kind of burst on the scene, but I announced this at one of our World Trade Center summits four years ago. Four years ago, we talked about the opportunity to have an inland port and bringing people together to do it. Uh, It's kind of drug on, drug on, drug on until this year when finally the legislature says we're tired of waiting. The business community says we're tired of waiting. 
And so we've kind of got involved in this issue to get it to happen. And um, so I'm glad. I think everybody recognizes this as a, a net positive thing, not without challenges, not without issues that need to be discussed. And we ought to be not afraid to discuss the issue and see if we can't find the win-win. Um, I don't think others in our region will, will do it, but we'll have to wait and see. What else did you ask, Al? It seemed like I forgot something. Oh, no, I didn't have any other uh, comment. I think you answered it well, Governor, and I wish it well. Thank you. I think great opportunity for the people of Utah as we grow uh, the economy. Again, this is really not for necessarily the seniors out there like me. This is for the rising generation opportunities that really are looking for job growth and opportunity to have good-paying jobs. And frankly, when you look at our rising generation and the fastest growing state in America, we need to continue to expand the economy uh, to accommodate our kids, our grandchildren. And um, so that's part of our overall plan over the next, you know, literally 50 years is to have an economy that grows and expands to accommodate our internal growth and people that want to live here with us. Okay, thank you.